Well, good morning. So thankful that you're joining us this morning uh, online. Uh, today we're going to continue our series in John. We're going to look at John chapter 6. But before we get started, I just want to say how excited I am about the possibilities that lay before us. I know we're being stretched and we're quarantined and we're, you know, some of us are, are, are cap captives in our own homes. But, you know, I think for such a time as this that God is calling on the church. And we have a, a task ahead of us that a biblical proportion that we could, we could respond to God in a way that actually has the ability to, to bring the glory of the Lord to our nation and, and around the world. You know, it's amazing that in such a short period of time, we can see uh, how things can, you know, degrade and, and get so tough. It's only really been two weeks, and we find ourselves uh, uh, in just such a tough economic time as well as, you know, uh, what's going on with the coronavirus. But be encouraged today. Be encouraged. God wants to bring peace. He wants to bring peace and he wants to, us to prosper as a nation. Let me, let me just read what he says in uh, John chapter 6, verse 26 through 29. Jesus is replying to the people who are following him after he fed the 5,000. And he says this, I tell you the truth, you want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understand the miraculous signs. It's interesting to me that so many times in Scripture we can see that Jesus is trying to bring understanding and the people that are around what is going on, they, they just don't have a clue. They just don't have understanding. So I think it's important that the church recognizes that we need to understand what God is doing. And so I hope, I hope that you and I both can emphasize the right thing. I hope that we take the emphasis off the fear and the uncertainty of the coronavirus, and we put our emphasis on this. What is God doing? What's gonna, what, what is God going to do in the midst of this time? He says, he says this, he continues, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. And they replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus said to them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. You know, this week, my wife and I were riding down, down the highway and we saw, I think it was a 1950s Bel Air. I, I don't know if you guys remember that car. It was a convertible. It was red and white. It was amazingly beautiful. It had, it had just a, a, a single seat up front and there was an elderly man, an elderly woman, and she was just snuggled right up to him. And I know that they were vinyl seats. And I can remember if you ever took a curve in one of those cars, you didn't have to wear your seatbelt back in those days. You'd just slide all the way over. You'd slide all the way over in that, in that curve up next to the, the, to the driver. That's what I believe that the Lord's wanting us to do is these two, we're drawing near to one another. God is calling us to draw near to him, to, to focus our belief and our trust in the one that he sent. I'm reminded too of Joshua when he's crossing over into the promised land. He comes, of the, uh, he comes to the angel of the Lord 
and it's Jesus incarnate in the Old Testament. And he says to the angel of the Lord, are you for me or against me? And the angel of the Lord responded. He said, the commander of the army of the Lord said, said to Joshua, neither. I'm not for you or against you. I'm carrying out the instructions of the Father. And so that's, that, that is the mission of the church in this time is, is to draw near to God, to trust in Jesus, to put our focus on him and what he's doing so that we can be part of the mission that God's calling us to. Because God is moving strongly across our nation and our world and he's going to use the church to, to touch people. His desire is to bring peace to the world through the church. He wants us to respond and to separate ourselves from the world. He wants to empower us to lead in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the power of His might as we come into agreement with His Word. He wants us to be different from the world, to stand out with confidence in His ability to rescue and redeem. He wants to rescue and redeem and heal our nation. He wants to heal the church. He wants to purify the church. And so God is calling us to grow by drawing us near to Him. With our faith and our trust in Him on every level, levels that we're unsure of. If you're like me, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're looking for places to, to, to plug something in because you've got extra time on your hands. Well, I want to encourage you like I did last week. Get in the Word. Make sure you're praying. God called us to a fast before we even started this progress. Make sure that you're maintaining that fast. Recommit to it. If you've blown it, it doesn't matter. Recommit to that fast. Draw near to God with faith and trust in Him. Because I believe that God's bringing correction in a lot of different areas. He's, he's disciplining the church. He's, a, he's, he's aligning, aligning us rightly with Him. You know, I think there are so many of us that, you know, have, have a heart for God and a heart for His Word. But there's an intensity, there's an awareness, a recognition right now that we really need to focus on drawing near to God. There are some that are, that are out there that are, that, you know, you've, you're, you're kind of middle of the road, you're kind of lukewarm, and God's saying, come near to me, and you, you, you're feeling that, that desire and that need to recognize what God's doing, and you, you want to get in His Word, and you're, and you're doing so right now. I also think that there are going to be some that go through this and fear and anxiety are going to grip them and they're going to move away from God. I think that's just what's going to happen because God is going to purify his church. He says about the church that, that I'm going to come after a church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And so, and so the church is always being uh, disciplined. The church is always being challenged and brought into correction uh, to align with God. He is teaching us our need for close, intimate relationship with Him, that we, we must depend on the Lord. I was reminded this morning, somebody was telling me about this, you know, reminding me of the story of Jesus in the boat and the storm comes. And, and so oftentimes we think, you know, that when Jesus looked and said, how long have I got to tolerate this? Uh, that he was, he was just talking about, you know, you take charge, you calm the storm. But another thing that that story could, could be communicating to us is that Jesus said, hey, I'm in the boat with you. Why are you fearful? I'm, I'm here for you. Why are you fearful? All I got to do is speak to this thing and it's gone. He wants us looking to him. He's in the boat with us. He's not going to leave us or forsake us. 
So you need to have confidence in your faith in that. He wants us to have intimate relationship with him. He's also inviting us to walk with him in peace, in the peace that he wants to give. You know, Jesus doesn't want us to live in turmoil. He doesn't want us to live in distress. Matter of fact, there were so many places as I studied for this message that, that it said that the people of God were in distress and in their distress, they called on the name of the Lord. And it says every time that in their distress, when they called on the name of the Lord, the Lord heard them and responded and brought blessing. We're in that place today as the church. Take your position. Understand that he wants you to be strong, stable, living on the stable foundation of the truth and the nature and the character of the glory of God and his word. God's will is that all nations come to him. You know, when we think about God, we also need to know that God, God, you know, he judges churches. He judges churches in cities. He judges cities. He judges nations. He, he is concerned about all those. He, he says in Revelation, we'll read it in just a minute, that he wants, he wants to position himself to be the desire of all nations. He's going to make that come about. That's going to happen. We can be a part of that. We can be a part of the team that is joining with God to bring, to bring glory to his name where the nations look to him for their peace. And so God wants us to understand that, that he's drawing people and nations to him. And without him, we're vulnerable to quick destruction. Our source of peace, our source of restoration, and our source of healing is him and him alone. In our distress, our response is to call on the name of the Lord. I'm reminded in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 through 27, it says this, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on a solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise, the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on a bedrock. What's really interesting to me that, that all those things are natural, uh, natural things, natural uh, storms that come that God refers to. But the person who, who listens to the teaching and follows them, they are the ones who build the house on the solid bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and does not obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains come and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. That, that's any organization, any nation, any community of believers, any government that doesn't build its house on the foundation of the word of God and follow it when the storms come, it has the a potential to crash. And so we want to be building our houses on the rock. I was reminded in scripture as I, as I looked through scriptures all this week about how God responded to the church throughout history. And I noticed that so many times that, that the people that were in authority would call on the prophets. And, and there were so many prophets in those days that would say, hey man, everything's good, everything's good, everything's good. God's not against you, God's for you. He's all those things. And there was always this one prophet that, that really understood that God was trying to adjust things so that he could bring blessing to a nation or to a group of people or to the church. 
And, and, so, and so that prophet would bring that uncomfortable message that, that God is bringing correction, that, that even, through, even through the hard times that, that maybe even just filtered through the hands of God, even though the devil may be attacking or even though we might not understand exactly where it's coming from, God is going to use this to purify the church, to, to purify nations, to bring nations to himself. And the ones that are actually going to, uh, to grow are the ones who are going to respond to his word well. And so this is what I encourage you, man. The, the activity on Facebook and the people who are bringing sermons, man, there <laughs> is all over the place. And so this is, I, I think, very important for us to understand during this time. We want community. You want to be in community. But your source, your f- source of feeding needs to be the word of God. It doesn't need to be Facebook sermons, although you can listen to some and you can take what is said in those sermons and you can look at the Word of God, but you need to be like the Bereans. You need to be sure that the attitude of those things that you're seeing, those things that you're taking in, what you're subjecting yourself to lines up with the attitude and the posture of Scripture. You need to be like the Bereans. The Word of God needs to be the thing that you Build your house on, not opinions of men, not preachers. Because what the Word of God says that in the end times, there's going to be an increase in false prophets. And that the people of God are going to look for people who will tickle their ears, tell them what they want to hear. There's no better time in history than I see than this time that we're so media-driven about messages that, that that actually could occur that we can begin to listen to people that are just tickling our ears that aren't responding to the Word of God in truth. And so I just think it's incredibly important that we make sure that we test what we're listening to with the Word of God and that we make the Word of God our source. This is our feeding trough, uh, not, the, um, not the habits that we have uh, with being addicted to television or, or, or video capabilities. In uh, Matthew chapter, uh, in Matthew chapter twenty-four, verse thirty-six through twenty-four, it also says this: "It says, but in that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but only my Father. But as in the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered the ark, and did not know until the flood came." And took them all away. So also will it be at the coming of the Son of Man. Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken. The other will be left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken. The other will be left. Watch therefore. Watch. Recognize. Know what's going on. Put your emphasis on Jesus. Not on the virus. What is God doing? Watch therefore. For you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour you do not expect. What am I saying with this? Well, first of all, Jesus is coming back. But the biggest thing here is to be ready. Be watchful. Know that that God is up to something. Join him. Be excited. Be part of the solution. 
Be part of what God is doing to bring his glory to the earth. You know, I'm so reminded, uh, I'm so reminded that, that God wants to, um, he wants to bring all nations to him. He wants everybody to come to him. In Haggai chapter 2, verse 6 through 9, it says this, For thus says the Lord of hosts, Once more it is a little while, I will shake heaven, I will shake earth, the sea and the dry land, and I will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. And I will fill the temple with glory, says the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. You know, it's going to happen. God is going to make, make himself the desire of all nations. And he's going to shake everything that is common to man to get our attention, to bring us to a place where our dependence is on his word and on him. We can trust him. We can, we can know and count on him that he is never going to leave us or forsake us. And not only that, but he's working his plan. I want to join with the army of the Lord. I want to join with the commander of the army of the Lord. And I want to seek him. I want to know him. I want to join him. Thank you for joining. Let me pray with you. Father, I thank you today that your word is true. I thank you, Jesus, that, that we can count on you, that we can count on your word to be true. I thank you, God, that you say, if, if we'll draw near to you, you'll draw near to us. I thank you, Lord, that you've got a plan, a, a plan to prosper us, a plan to use the church in a mighty way. I thank you, God, that, that so many people are going to, to hear your word and they're going to study your word. They're going, to, they're going to check it. They're going to be like the Bereans, God. They're going to make sure that what they're hearing and what they're believing or what they're standing on is truly the Word of God. And when they do, no matter how frequent, no matter what the magnitude of the things that are coming, because this is not going to be the last. We know it's said in your Word. This is not the last thing, God, that we're going to face. But if we build our houses on the rock, on the truth of the Word of God, then God, we're going to stand. No matter what comes, no matter what the wind is, no matter what the storm is, we're going to stand because your word endures to the end. Darkness can do nothing to counsel out the word of God. I thank you for that. I pray in Jesus' name. Now this week, uh, one of the things that I thought would be, would be really cool is for you and your family to do communion. And I encourage this. I've got communion set up in front of me right now. And all communion really is, is, is uh, it's just a, it's just a, a, a place of, of dedication. You know, it's a place of recognition. It's a place of coming to Christ and saying, saying Lord, I, I trust in you. As for me and my house, we're going to serve you. It's your body is the, is the bread. Your body is the bread of life. You, your, your, your blood is, is, is the payment for sin. It, it gets me to a place that I couldn't be without what your sacrifice paid for. And so I'm going to put my trust in that. I'm going to remind myself that I need you. I'm going to remind myself that I need to align with you. I'm going to remind myself that I'm going to agree with your word. I can't tell you what an opportunity this is. This week, as I, I studied and I looked at Moses and I, and I looked at the thought that, 
that the plagues came uh, to Egypt and, and, and God's, God's remedy, God's, God's uh, protection came when you put the blood over the door. I can't, help but, I can't help but think about how many people said, yeah, yeah, I know I need to put the blood on the door. I know I need to put that blood over the door. Yeah, I, I heard you, God. I, I know that needs to be done. I, I, know, I know I need to get that done. And, and I recognize that you're the Lord over it, but actually really never got into the place where they did the thing that actually was able to bring them protection. And that's agree and align with what God commanded. Unless you had the blood over your door, the plague didn't pass. And I'm telling you right now, this thing's going to pass. God's going to bring glory to his name. And there's still, there's still that choice of whether you're going to align yourself with God or not. Are you going to come up underneath his provision? Are you going to come up underneath what he says in his word? Are you going to agree with the commander of the army of the Lord? Because he's up to something and it's going to be great. We're going to see the glory of the Lord like we've never seen before. We have opportunity to join God into doing something miraculous. So I just encourage you today, don't take it for granted. Don't sit on the sideline. Don't, don't get done with these weeks and say, man, I wish I'd have done something different. Take action. Do it now. Fast. Pray. Get on your knees. Spend a lot more time on your knees and in the Word of God than you are watching sermons. Don't let sermons be your feeding trough. Let the Word of God be your feeding trough. Let sermons and, and, and people's, um, people's Facebook posts, let them, let them encourage you. Let them be fueled to that fire for you going to the Word of God and you putting it in your heart. Be transformed in this time. Be an agent of the Most High God. Take communion with your family. Bring that on a daily basis if, you, if necessary, or at least a weekly basis. Come back to God. Say, Lord, as for me and my house, we're committing to your way. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great day.